Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where I try to catch up Gabriel on things I think he missed while he was being sheltered from the outside world because he was being homeschooled. The year 2001, New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani was Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Harry Potter. America's Mayor. <laughs> America's Mayor. Harry Potter was probably the most famous fictional person in America. AOL announced that it had over 28 million members, and AOL.com was the most popular website. Yeah, salute. And Mexican artist Frida Kahlo became the first Hispanic woman to be featured on the U.S. postage stamp. Took that long, huh? Right. I, actually, I was just I was just reading about um, the mariachis that are now going to be um, highlighted on the postage on the U.S. postage stamp. Oh. Yeah. So, quick recap, Gabe. Two thousand and one. What's going on in your life? Uh. All right. So, we let's see. Uh, I am still living in, uh, uh, Altaloma, California. Um, lots of outside, outside space. Uh, we're finally getting a bit older. So, you know, we're, we got that chart where the older I get, the less time I'm spending playing in the outside and imagining and the more time I'm spending on the computer now, um, and trying to cram in video game time. Um, still, uh, very, uh, much into Star Wars. I think, this was a period where I was eyeballing the the new um, the new edition of the Star Wars role playing game that had come out. So I got into that for a little bit. Um, bought a bunch of expensive books. Uh, yeah, it was very exciting. I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say that 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 measuring tape thing that you mentioned, much like Christmas, and uh, much like the white picket fence. It was not something that we did growing up as a, as a Latino household. That was not a thing. Which I, but I always find it interesting that every movie has that. You know, every every movie that I ever watched always has that. Um, but not something that we ever practiced. Uh, <laughs> 2001, obviously, I don't remember much, but 9-11. And then everything that happened after that, which we talked about. So Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, like, I, I remember so many incidents, but I don't associate them with the year. Because the year is just overshadowed yeah like and then I, you're like oh yeah that was also 2001 because there was a ton of other stuff that happened that year before and after yeah i uh i i don't know like also that i mean like that you know those couple years i'm i'm you know i'm 20 21 years old so much stuff is happening like so it just doesn't really register as things to remember like there's no milestones but that one always that one kind of scars the entire the entire uh year for me yeah um, but I was watching movies and a movie that came out in 2001, which 20 years later, by the way, we're waiting for number 10 to come out. The Fast and the Furious Gabe, comes out in 2001. And I got to tell you, no, no. Okay, Gabe, no. Fast and the Furious part one was a really good movie. 
It was it a was. fun movie. It was a movie of its time, right? Absolutely. Um, street, that movie is a time capsule. Street racing was happening. It was very popular. Like, these were things I was seeing in my neighborhoods and, in, and, and you know, like, my friends. Like, this was a real thing. So, and then on top of that, it's also LA-centric. And it's very LA-centric. So, again, there's that second pride. I remember the part where Paul Walker's character is practicing how to double clutch or whatever. It's right on Chavez Ravine, you know, in the parking lot for the Dodger Stadium. Like, that stuff is real. So, but yeah, no, like I was mentioning, though, I think part 10 is due to come out uh, next year or this year. Uh, as we all know, it's the, the first installment in the Fast and Furious franchise. As I mentioned, Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, I believe is still in them, right? I'm not sure. I think she was gone and came back. I think she's back in them. Yeah. Let's take a guess, Gabe. This is, this is, we're going to do a, a quick little game here. Uh, does Gabe know? What do you think the budget of the first Fast and the Furious was? And what do you think the budget of this latest one is? Or the last God. two? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so the budget. There we go. Did it. All right, Gabe. The budget to the okay. first one and the budget okay. to the last one. Let me... Let me walk through this. Vin Diesel's not a big, big star yet. No, this would have been his first big role in his yep, mid thirties. Not the star he'd become. Paul Walker isn't gigantic. I'm gonna agree. Um, I let's see. Let's go with for the first one. Let's say it's a big, it's a cars action thing. Let's go fifty million. All right, for the first one. And now for the tenth, <laughs> ninth or tenth. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a. a, a uh, a beginning, window? yeah, a, a minimum and a maximum. I'll give you that. Okay, in, okay. Already. I know those things pull in like six hundred billion. So, I, how much would you spend knowing you're gonna make like an ungodly amount of money? Let's say, let's go with like eight hundred million on the budget. Something outrageous. Okay, game. <laughs> that is just fucking outrageous. Jesus. <laughs> even what I gotta say, I don't even know what they spend. <laughs> My God. Just like 500? Okay, this is no longer fun. Um, the, <laughs> the first movie was 38 million. Okay, so I overshot a little bit. I almost said 30, but I was like, they had to pay those guys something. 30 million. It went on to make 200 million. Right. The current movies are about 250 million. Okay. And they go on to I, make. I, I can absolutely see that. They they and, they have opening weekends of like, or first years of like eight hundred million. Yeah, yeah. So, the the I I remember seeing something about the change in pay for Vin Diesel over the years. Oh yeah, no, I I can well, only imagine it's a huge. I can only yeah. imagine he's probably clearing forty to fifty million per movie. I least. think the budget too. I think the budget is literally just what they're paying all their actors. At this point, because I think costs have probably gone down because you probably use more CGI, less practical effects than you did. So, you know what it is, too? Like, I think that that's the other part, right? I think that they got their money's worth in the first couple of movies when you because because my understanding is that sometimes when they expect a potential franchise, they'll grab you for three movies mm -hmm. and then you can renegotiate, maybe get a little bit on the back end of those three. But yeah. when, it, when it goes past that is when you start to, like, you know, 
start to be able to. So I, I, I'm gonna and remember too, like the first movie had Paul Walker in the cast. Part yeah. two in Miami, Vin Diesel didn't do sequels yep. at the time. Part three went in a whole different direction, so he didn't come part back until was part the, the four. The one that shouldn't be spoken of. It is a standalone. Um, and then part four is where he actually comes back and everybody. So I think that four through probably six, they probably got him at a decent price. But I think the last three, I'm going to guess that he's making 40 to 50 mil up front and then off the back end. Another yep. probably 40 to 50 mil. Yep. And then he gets another, what, 40 million for saying I am Groot 50 times on the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy? <laughs> Can you imagine if he's out there and he's like, "Oh fuck, what's my line again?" Embarrassing. I, I think he. I think they even have him do it for like the young Groot. I don't think. I think they still use him for like teenage Groot, <laughs> which I'm like, that's just ridiculous. I wonder how like Bradley Cooper. So okay, no, no. You know what? Let me not say that because I just had an incident at work where, where I should not. Like I don't care what other people do. So I shouldn't pass that on to like celebrities also because in, in my at the end of the day, right? I'm being paid to do something, and I've agreed to this. I've made a contractual mm-hmm. agreement. If someone is, if I'm doing better than someone else, and they're jealous about it, that's I. My thing has always been that's on them. They didn't they didn't negotiate as well. So the right. same goes in this direction, right? If I'm Bradley Cooper, and I'm like, wait, I'm making thirty million, and I'm you know I'm fucking rocket. I've got a ton of lines. He's making more than me, but he's got the same line 50 times. Uh, you know. Well, I think the thing is there, too, is like, I think everybody knows that they, they, you didn't have to get Vin Diesel to do that because there's a large percentage of the audience, particularly younger, that it's aimed towards. That if you didn't tell them it was Vin Diesel, they wouldn't have known. Like, But somebody still pays him. Somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. But they it. decided to do that for whatever reason. So, like, at a certain point, I, I, you're not even measuring it, you know, apples to oranges. Like somebody just said, "This is we've got the money, so just get Vin Diesel to do it." I don't know why. An AI could have done that. Um, so yeah, so um, they could Fears. have gotten an actual plant to do it for what they're paying him, probably. You know, with the technology we have now, we were just talking about it. They could <laughs> probably pl- plug into an, uh, a plant and make make it make a sound, and then they would just edit that and mix it and turn it into words putting it out there uh so yeah uh, fast and the furious comes out and and again fast 10 is about to come out i will tell you this much i have seen all of them they're they're i have not paid for all of them i will say this because after a certain point you're like yeah no that doesn't make sense anymore i'm not paying for this this is and 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 to be honest with you like the supporting cast was always like the get for me, like the the Tyrese's, the Ludacris, mm-hmm. you know, like the Rock. Those were the guys that I found way more interesting than the main characters. I uh, I think I made it to six so far. Because like I had watched, I definitely saw one and two. Not, I didn't see it in like I didn't see one like in in theaters like in two thousand and one, but I saw it shortly after. Um, and two, again, I didn't see in theaters, but I, I saw it fairly close to its, you know, time. And then I fell off. Like what's well, Tokyo Drift? Like I just wasn't interested because I saw like, oh, it's not any of the same people. I don't think you were the only one. Gabe. Took me a long time to come back. Yeah, it was a very like, you know, weird time for the studio. 
It was a fun. Like they were like, though. we could we could do this with new people. We don't need you. Well, remember, because because they were still following the the original concept of the movie, which was mm-hmm. heists and and action on cars, and drifting was huge in the yeah. early two thousands to mid two thousands. So yeah, the I fact remember. they included they they basically made an entire movie about drifting. Uh, at the time, I think Initial D was one of the like the most popular animes in the world. So yeah. like I think like they were keeping up with it. Part four, five, six is when they were like they got fantastical, and you know then they went into space, and then they went underwater. Uh, and I think actually, Gabe, I think they're going into the quantum zone in the next one. Oh, they got to be they're quantum computing. That's what they're going to do next. <laughs> quantum computing. Yeah. Uh another another smaller franchise comes out in 2001. A movie I really really like and I think you know with the exception of clothes and hairstyles is a is a really fun movie. Ocean's 11 comes out in 2001. <laughs> I I I've rewatched it. They they don't dress them well. Like you know like it's it's a it's a movie that doesn't age well in that sense of fashion where clothes were way looser you know now it's like more form-fitting yeah back then looser like you know very open much bigger clothes and it just it it doesn't doesn't quite feel right but look Mm -hmm. uh ridiculous ensemble like we hadn't seen an ensemble like this in a film in a very long time you have george clooney brad pitt matt damon Don Cheadle, Andy Garcia, Bernie Mac, Julia Roberts, and I'm Elliot Gould. I'm forgetting a, a couple more people, but ridiculous. Now, this uh, obviously, for those who, who don't know, is a remake of the 1960s Rat Pack, which is one of you know a, a personal favorite of mine. That starred Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, um, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., and, and that gang. Oh, and George Romero. Uh, not George Romero, Cesar Romero. There um, so it's a it's a it's a remake of a really exceptional film from the '60s. But this movie was really good, and and you know it it petered out with with Ocean's Twelve and Ocean's Thirteen. I was I watched Ocean's Eight. I was not a fan, uh, or the new Ocean's. I don't know what it was. The all all female cast. I think mm. they didn't reinvent anything. They just put an entire female cast into it which is fine but it just wasn't yeah. it wasn't well it wasn't great that's one of those things where like you have to have more than just we're doing an all-female version and that's I, not what people that's not what people they want to see women in roles that maybe they weren't in before not let's do the same thing but it's just but but with women yeah and i, think, I don't think i don't think any of those movies have been super successful have they no unfortunately they haven't now, here's the thing, though, like the problem with that, though, with saying that and I go and I, look and it's a problem with with Hollywood in general. Right. I think mm-hmm. I think they were I was just reading about Nev Campbell and how she didn't want to come back to the Scream reboot because she's like, I put it I put in five movies worth of, of work into these. Yeah. And, you know, them asking me to come back, but not paying me what I deserve for what I've done for these films is insulting. She's like, if I was a man, they probably would have paid me more. So it's one of those things where, like, we've had movies where it was an all-female cast and it was an original story, but people just weren't buying it. But the same problem we have is we have the old, you know, the all-female cast Ghostbusters, and we have this all-female cast. Mm. Like you said, like, 
you can't just throw in an entire female cast and say, well, it's new if you're doing the exact same story, like if nothing is changing. And it's unfortunate um, because it, it, it continues to add to that stigma. And uh, yeah, obviously, it as doesn't men, help. As men, we have no say in this. We obviously don't and we'll never know what that is, uh, what that feels like and how that the reality of that is. But as artists, and I, and I think we can say that about each other now since we've been doing this for almost a year, um, you have to have something original that the cast should not matter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you start with a, a, a good original idea, the cast shouldn't matter. You can throw in all females and it will be successful. Look at, look at uh, you know, Little Big Lies. Oh, Little Big Lies, there it is. Um, but yeah, you look at you look at HBO's Little Big Lies. You know, nobody's talking about like that's an all female cast. Nobody, they nobody talk about the show. I didn't even know it was all female cast. You know, like Sex in the City. You know that it's an all female cast, but that's also a really long running TV show that set a standard. When you have good writing, when you have a good story, like it should not matter what the cast. I think. Is. It's what you said, right? It either needs to be an original thing where it doesn't matter or it needs to be incorporated at the ground floor where it's an integral part of the story and it makes sense for the story for it to be a female cast. Like Sex in the City, right? Like that 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 fit what they were writing, you know? So, uh it's it's it feels very hollow when they just slap it on and say, "Look at us, we're per, we're progressive." Yeah, and th and again, th there's been plenty of successful shows that way. Like Girls is another successful show, Broad City, another successful show with a female cast and it made sense because like you said from the foundation of it this is what they needed to be but 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 you know like same with any other remake right like you know uh this was a really great remake oceans 11s were a great remake mm -hmm. i watched um the magnificent seven remake and i was like oh yeah i liked it. it it was good they added to the story so it wasn't just they repeating put their own twist on exactly it, yeah. you know and it, and i mean if you talk about Yojimbo and Sanjuro, like a samurai movie. Then it becomes uh, a Western. Then it becomes a 1940s gangster noir film. Like, you shoot for the fences, you know? You did something different. But maybe it didn't work out. But it, that wouldn't have changed if you had put a female cast into it. It was a bad story to begin with. Yeah. You failed on the story aspect. <laughs> or the plot of it. The story was good, but the plot just didn't quite, yeah. quite work out. Uh, yeah, no, eighty um eighty five dollar eighty five million dollar film, uh four hundred and fifty million. Uh, the next movie I want to talk about that comes out that really changes a lot in film. Uh, Wes Anderson's The Royal Tenenbaums comes out in two thousand and one. Have you seen it, Gabe? I haven't. Okay, but are you familiar? with I, I recognize it. Yeah, but have you seen other Wes Anderson films? Uh, I think I've seen one. Life Aquatic? I, I have, yeah. Okay, Life Aquatic. I think, besides the Royal Tenement, I think that's his other big one, to mm -hmm. me. Uh, you know, he had the Darjeeling Limited, the Grand Puda Best Hotel, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, Isle of Dogs. Um, Royal Tenement was his third film. Uh, he had Bottle Rocket, which was his indie film. He had... A... I, I've seen Bottle Rocket. Oh, there you go. That was his first one. And then he did Rushmore. And then Royal Tenenbaums. Now, okay. if you watch every movie after Royal Tenenbaums, he found the style. Mm -hmm. I believe, anyway. Where the theme goes with the colors, with the wardrobe. With I mean, the man makes beautiful films. 
So I think this is why this movie stands out to me because Rushmore was a good film, Bottle Rock was a fi- good film, but or good movies I should say. But Royal Tenenbaums is a film, and everyone after that are Wes Anderson films, and you can tell that you're watching mm, a Wes Anderson yeah. film. I think that's what happened, and it's, it's a it's it is by far it's a close tie with Life Aquatic with uh, Steve Zizou. I think those two films are my favorite Wes Anderson films. But anyway, okay. Royal, Royal Tenenbaum comes out, another ensemble cast, people he reuses over and over in all his films, right? Owen Wilson, um, Bill Murray, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Stiller, Luke Wilson, uh, Angelica Houston, Gene Hackman, Danny Glover. It's, um, it's, a, it's just it's a phenomenal, phenomenal film uh, written and directed by him. Actually, Owen Wilson co-wrote this film too, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Or wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the worst joke so far. That's great. Uh, Twenty-eight million made out eighty-five million. I think that's I think that's what you expect from a Wes Anderson film. Mm. The man takes his creative license, his artistry to to the next level, and I think he has a core base, and I think that's his core base. I think his core base is is. Is somewhere between fifty and eighty-five million. It has to be. Wish I had a core base like that. Don't worry, Gabe. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Baby steps. Baby steps. Exactly. Um, the last movie I, I want to talk about that came out in two thousand and one. Um, nothing. Nothing great about this movie, uh, uh, as far as like you know, uh, box office or anything like that. It's just a really good movie that that gets the feeling of 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 what they're trying to the story they're trying to tell really well. Have you seen Enemy at the Gates? Yes. Yep. For those of you who haven't, uh, written, directed, produced by uh, Jean Jacques Anode, based on um, William Craig's uh, book Enemy at the Gates: The Battle of Stalingrad, which is basically describing the um, the one year. War of Stalingrad in the winter of 42 into 43, starring Jude Law, uh, Rachel Wise, Ed Harris, it's phenomenal, Joseph Vines, Bob Hoskins is in this, Ron Perlman. But yeah, that's the thing. I've seen this movie probably half a dozen times. It just feels like a good war movie. Like they really nailed the feeling. I could do, I could do, I mean, like the love story was. Could have been there, could have not been there. They didn't really matter to me. But the feel of this movie, and I don't know how historically accurate it is, obviously. It's written based on a book that then turns into a movie, so a couple things get lost between both of those two things. It has to. But um, but no, but I remember enjoying it. I thought it was really, really well done and, and a good film altogether. It's one of those war movies that feels the way I think a war movie should feel, and, and it looks that way too. Yeah. Moving on to popular TV shows... Um, Friends, CSI, Crime Scene Investigations, ER, Law and Order, Everybody Loves Raymond. TV shows that ended. This one I had forgotten about, but it talks about the time and place of when things were happening, right? Do you recall or have you ever heard of a show called Freaky Links? Freaky Links. No. All right. It was a science fiction series that combined... The internet, mystery, horror, a little bit of comedy, very much uh, X-File-ish, you know? It was only on for a year. 
But what it was, was a TV show in 2001 about a website where people would put in conspiracy theories and these guys would like investigate them, you know? So now it's embedded into everything, you know? But in 2001, these guys were like looking at, and and I think that's what I appreciate about it. And that's what I remember about it. That, you know, with the exception of like the net, the movie with Alexandra Bullock, you know, about the internet or hackers, you know, like, there, 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 there were people who were trying, you know, to like kind of keep up with the technology. But at the time, like the internet was so new, it was barely becoming available to everybody. This movie was probably in production what ninety eight, ninety nine, before it actually got released in two thousand and one. So to be that forward thinking of like, you know, like websites are a thing, guys, and like you know, soundboards and like forums and stuff like that, you know. So this is what that was, you know. Now this would be a, actually a pretty decent TV show, probably. Uh, Except but, for the conspiracy theory content. Yeah, that's that's covered by everybody else. That at this point is uh, it no longer has uh, slightly charming, yeah, and harmless uh, uh, connotations. But yeah, but in the show, basically somebody you know would 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 uh, post uh, or add a link to something supernatural, and the and the team would go and investigate it. It was simple, but I'm like. It's a good but, formula. Yeah, but that and that makes sense because it was so new and different at the time, you know? Another show that ends in 2001, this was a cartoon show, I, I believe, on Nickelodeon. I don't know why or how I started watching this show, but I was actually a fan. Have you ever seen the show Recess or heard of it? Mm-mm. It's an animated show from Nickelodeon, super clean, super nice, but it, it portrays the lives of six fourth graders. And re- it's called recess because most of their adventures happen during that recess, you know. But imagine, imagine like everything you've seen from the '80s, right? Like the A Team, like Simon and Simon, like uh, uh, Heart to Heart. Like each each one of these sixth graders had one of those personalities, you know. Like like the main kid was like Face from A Team, and they had like a, a big lovable guy. You had the nerd, you know. You had the tough chick, like. All those characters, except, you know, as a cartoon and they were sixth graders and they were they were having adventures during during recess with the bullies and like pulling off impossible like missions and stuff like that. You know, (laughs) yeah, it was it was really good. It was wholesome, but it was actually really good because it it took all those things that, you know, and love from from like stereotypical token 80s movies, action movies and put it into this, you know, like wholesome tv show that was actually entertaining so reese is never on your radar huh no interesting that was on for six years and then the other show that ends in 19 uh into 2001 which we talked about in in 1995 was uh xena the warrior princess the spinoff from uh hercules with uh lucy lawless a phenomenal beautiful actress phenomenal name phenomenal name yes uh, I mean, I, I think I think I don't think they were done. I, I don't think they ever took down the sets. I think that the Hobbit movies just started filming right over them. <laughs> Frodo the Warrior Princess. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's actually very funny. Wouldn't it be Bilbo though? <laughs> uh, well, they filmed Lord of the Rings first. Oh, that's true. That's true. So yeah, you're very right, Gabe. You're very right. <laughs> 
All right, moving on to TV shows that started in in uh, 2001. Now, this show I never watched, but I know it was it was a phenomenon for the nine years that it was on. Did you ever watch 24? Oh, I watched some of it. Yeah, you did. I I never got into it for some reason. I never watched it in like real time, um, <laughs> but I went back and like watched a little bit of it and like. I mostly remember what you said, which is the big fuss. Like everybody was like, "What's going to happen? What's going on?" Like it was like it it became a a, a cultural thing. It did, and again, like I never watched probably more than two or three episodes per season the first two three years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting how they 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 covered an entire hour per episode. That was always very interesting to me. Yeah, it had a you know they had their uh, their their gimmick and it worked. It worked. I I just never had the time. Never never had the time to like. Get, never had those twenty four hours to give it. Let me tell you. No, couldn't give it a day. Couldn't give. It... <laughs> uh, oh, time jokes. The best. <laughs> what what year is it? <laughs> um, the British Office stars uh starts in two thousand and one. Uh, for those of you who don't know or don't watch a lot of British television, the uh, so two things about British shows. First, um, they very they, British. They're <laughs> you know what you you might say hundred percent British cast. <laughs> they um they do short seasons. They do like six episodes per season, or they call it a series. I think actually, and they don't tend to do more than two or three of them. Um, they're super happy doing five episodes, six episodes, doing it again next year, doing it again the next year, and then cutting off the season. Boom. Cutting off the show and ending it. And that's what The Office is. The Office is six, you know, the first season got six episodes. Uh, it got picked up by America. They basically redid those episodes shot for shot. Uh, the first, the, the half, the, the first season, half the first season of The American Office is the exact same six episodes from the British office, except American. And yeah, and, and you know, Ricky Gervais created it. It's exceptional show. It's obviously n- not as funny, but funnier at the same time. Right. So there's uh, the, 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 the character that Michael Scott ends up being in the American show is called Trent, uh, Brett Trent, I think, or Trent Brett in the British one played by, um, by, uh, also, also two first names. I would like to know. <laughs> Michael's guy. That's actually true. Yeah. Um, damn it, Gabe. You and your, <laughs> you and your insights. Um, no, but I was gonna say, like, uh, um, you know, it's 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 the exact same character again, except portrayed by two different people. No, I actually I completely lost what I was gonna say. Were you gonna say something about the way Ricky Gervais? plays him no i was gonna i was gonna say that that uh, i don't know what i was gonna say but i was gonna say there is an anchor in those two characters because while everyone else gets softened right like and changed for the for the american you know audience the main characters play you know uh both played by uh uh, played by steve carell and uh ricky gervais those don't change in the sense of like the cringiness and the awkwardness and everything that's still over the top over the even top. though it's more common for the british to be like very like an extreme portrayal exactly in their comedy exactly 
Um, but yeah, no, if you have a chance, uh, watch it. I, I miss a lot of the jokes just because they're, you know, they're, they're relevant to the time to another country. Jam and toast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm it's sure probably that's funny. exactly what it is. <laughs> Uh, but Ricky Gervais is, is a genius, and uh, and this is one of one of his best works. But yeah, if if you get a chance, I think you know if you're a fan of The Office and you watch the first season of The British Office, you're gonna think to yourself, "This is exactly the same show. What happened here? They did the exact same thing with Shameless when they turned it into the American version. The entire first season of of British uh, Shameless is the American version, except with American um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not stereotypes, but settings. You know." Yeah, American, yeah, themes and settings. Yes. The uh, it's funny because I've watched The Office probably like three times through the American mm-hmm. one. I've never, I've never bothered to, like, I knew it existed and I've seen clips of it and I thought like, and I know it's like essentially the same and I just never went and watched it. I mean, typical American, you know. Everything. Yeah, that's right. We do it, you know. There's probably bigger explosions and uh, <laughs> you know faster cars <laughs> than ours. <laughs> You know what? It's probably a bigger building too. And you know what? Yeah. More more paper. I bet they get paid more. <laughs> <laughs> the workers, not the actors or anything like that, but the workers in the show. I bet you the actors are taller too. <laughs> not, not Steve Carell, but maybe the rest of them. Um, and then the last show we'll talk about, again, a show that was incredibly popular at the time, on for five seasons. Did you ever watch Alias? No, I remember seeing a lot about it, though. Yeah, this was J.J. Uh, Abrams, I think, his biggest hit. Well, no, no, let me say this. TV show, because he had done mm. movies before. Um, but I think this was Jennifer Gardner's breakout role. Mm. Um, basically, she plays an international spy recruited out of college uh, and then, you know, trained in espionage and, and uh, self-defense. And she's just a, a, a female 007. Which I'm sure we'll have in the future. I haven't seen uh, No Time to Die yet. Don't spoil it. There's no time. <laughs> God damn it, Gabe. Um, okay, so let's talk about people who died in 2001. Now, I am not a NASCAR. Oh, I'm sorry, Gabe. What's that? No, you just I just said there's no time. And then you said, no, let's talk about people who died. Oh, Great, it was a great transition. We just had a not an unplanned great transition. I was admiring our work. We caught me admiring. You know, it almost took us a year to get this good. <laughs> good thing we weren't doing the British seasons, or it would have taken like at least three. We wouldn't have made it to season three for the record. <laughs> I think I I would have pulled the plug on this <laughs> if I was British. <laughs> um. So now I'm not a NASCAR fan at all. I don't understand cars going in circles 500 times don't get it it's at the all left turn that's just hard I, lots of left turns i know there is an art to this i know there is there is something i don't understand about this there is. i admire the endurance they have is it the left arm because of how it has to turn left I, that but like just the focus you have to maintain to do a monotonous task okay i'm i'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that 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 there again. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just not for me. Okay, it is not for I me. I wonder what like I get what the guys in the front are doing, and like there's a, there was a lot of like the same names you'd see all the time. Like what are the other like thirty dudes behind that are constantly just in that cluster? You know, are they just are they just the 
the sacrifice you have to make to have your your well, stars. I believe they're teams, though, right? Isn't it like two or four cars in the same race from the same family? Same, I think. Same I think company. The same. Yeah. I think racing so. team. Yeah. And so, so again, look, not not a, a huge fan. Not any type of fan. Um, you know, don't get it. We'll never get it. We'll probably never try to get it. To be fully transparent, but there is. But as a as a as a at this point, I'm a historian, Gabe. As a as a, a historian, a man of the world, I find that when somebody excels at something, there is something great about that person. You don't mm-hmm. you don't become good at something and be recognized, and then be able to branch out in culture and be recognized for that unless you're doing something that the rest of your peers are not doing can't do can't can't do won't do or just or just have never done you know so it's one of those things where like when a name pops out and something that i don't follow or understand but somehow i i recognize that name this person tiger woods golf i don't know anyone else I, i couldn't name another golf player personally happy gilmore boom I mean, I couldn't name another real. He's real in my heart, Gabe. <laughs> I watched that movie over a dozen times when it came out. <laughs> he that's, is so real. That's a good movie. It but, is yeah, but, but but there's your example, right? Like everybody knows Tiger Woods. If you say if you go up and ask people like about golf, Tiger Woods is going to come up, or you go the other way around. The only other one's going to come up here. You go Arnold Palmer because of his drink. <laughs> but even got it. Even like in in uh, you know like uh, tennis right Serena and um, Venus and Venus I, for some reason I thought that was their last name but no Williams mm-hmm. you know like I don't know anything with with the exception of Macron I don't know anything about them but those names will stick out you know so yeah so uh, in this case right Dale Earnhardt Senior passes away in two thousand and one. He I knew you were gonna say it too because I knew it as soon as you started talking about NASCAR I was like oh it has to be. Because that's the one you know. That's the one you know, exactly. Except for his son. You know his son now, thanks to thanks to his achievements. <laughs> Thank God he kept the same name or I wouldn't. Gabe. <laughs> Gabe, we're talking about a man's death here. Jesus, have some respect. Yes. Uh, he. This is a man, though. And, and again, look, it's morbid. But when you die doing what you love, I feel like it's not dying. <laughs> I feel like you just you live on even longer in the legacy you leave behind. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Dale Earnhardt was killed in a three-car c- crash on the final yeah, unfortunately, lap. What he loved was driving a car, so that was probably not a great way to go. You know, but on the final lap of a race, uh, 49 years old. Now, 27 years he raced, by the way. That's a long time to do what you love, okay? According to the stats, right, he earned 76 Cup Series victories. I don't know what a Cup Series victory is, but... He won 76 of them. of them. That's a lot of them. Seven Cup Series championships. Now, what his death did is, again, like the legacy he leaves behind, right? NASCAR teams migrated from the traditional five-point to six-point safety harnesses. And then they mandated the use of uh, head and neck restraint devices uh, after 2001. They also required the, the use of safer barriers, in the series of racetracks across the entire country, the soft foam walls move slightly more on impact now. Um, and they dissipate some of that energy and reduce the force 
uh, exerted on the driver. Yes, it took his death to make these three impactful changes. But again, like he was already doing this for 27 years and successfully putting, you know, breaking barriers and and culture and jumping. But uh, but yeah, like again, you you can't deny the name because you know it and you don't follow, uh, you know, you don't follow NASCAR. So this yeah, is a man that needs toys, to be. You'd see toys uh, of his car in like the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. In California, like not in. I'm not talking about Alabama. Or you know Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah, it was definitely well known, and well regarded from what I remember. Yeah, no, no. I was young at the time, but like he was a stand-up guy, from what I hear. Next name, this last name you'll find familiar, Gabe. William Hanna. Oh, of Barbera fame. Of Barbera fame, American animator and cartoonist. The creator of Tom and Jerry. One as, of my favorites. As well as the creator of the animation studio and production company, Hanna-Barbera. He started his, uh, his career in the 1930s, um, gained skill, and in 1937, while working with MGM, he met Joseph Barbera. In 1957, they co-founded Hanna-Barbera, which became the most successful television animation studio in the business, creating or producing programs such as The Smurfs and Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound Show, The Jetsons, and Scooby-Doo. Oh, right. And The Flintstones. Um, the famous vitamins? The famous what? vitamins, yeah. In 1967, Hanna-Barbera uh, was sold to Taft Broadcasting for $12 million. In 1967, do you know what 12 million was? Like a billion now, probably. Like, you know, probably. that could buy you so much gas back then. So much gas back then. But here's the here's the smart part, right? They sold off the company, but Hannah and Barbera remained heads of the company until 1991. So they were still running the company. <laughs> <laughs> See my name on that thing? You're gonna keep me in charge till I say no. Now, this surprised the hell out of me. Tom and Jerry won seven Academy Awards. Okay. While Hannah and Barbera were nominated for two others and won eight Emmy Awards. He died uh, of um, cancer at the age of 90. I thought you could say he died under the weight of all that money he made <laughs> in a pile of cash. I'm sure the cancer came from hugging all that pile of cash all the time, Gabe. <laughs> That's oh, what, there's a death you can't be upset about not even a little bit dude everything he brought to the world that's still relevant now and live to enjoy it and see it become you know hopefully he wasn't alive well I'm, i know he wasn't alive when the when the reboots and the remakes of the oh, movies yeah, came yeah, out yeah. thank god for that rolling but in his grave would have been yeah the last person we're going to talk about um is is surprisingly, you know, hits close to home. Tobe Jansson. She was a Swedish-speaking Finnish author, novelist, painter, illustrator, and comic strip author. Jansson wrote the Mooming books. Moomings, for those who, uh, who don't know, are the equivalent of the Peanuts to the Americans. The equivalent of, like, 
Tintin to the French or Valerian, uh, you know, like to this day in the in Sweden and in Finland, it's a yearly, you know, it's a yearly uh, merchandising deal here. Like cups, plates, uh, clothing, you know, everything that can be. Again, imagine the peanuts, except, you know, little troll looking hippopotamus characters. That's that's what uh, the Moomings are. Uh, started in 1945. She kept it going. Television shows, movies. Um, now it's like uh, CGI, you know, animated, like just ridiculous. It is still everyone and their mothers knows this in, in, this, in the Nordics, basically. In uh, 2006, was included in the Will Eisner Award Hall of Fame. Uh, she died at the age of 86 from cancer. But just wanted to give a shout out to Toby. Uh, also from the money, I hope. I, I, you know, I, it seems like people with money get cancer. Just gonna put it out there. But they live. I mean, eighty-six to ninety. I, I'm okay living that long with 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 cancer money. Yeah, cancer money. I think. Right. I think. I think we're looking at this the wrong way. I think if you have the money, you live long enough to get cancer. Oof. I think that's, I think a, that's what it is. Hot topic right there. Gabe. So let's um let's talk about a little something old, something new. Ooh. I just watched the first episode of She-Hulk. That did come out, huh? I that saw a did. bunch of a- a- advertisements for it in in Alaska. Interesting. Now, I will say this. The trailers really made the CGI look terrible. It really yep. did. It really did. And watching the, the 38, 40-minute uh, first episode, it got better. I don't know if they fixed it or maybe just seeing it more, I got adapted to it. <laughs> you just accepted that this is reality? Yes. Maybe all of that happened. It's fun. It's a very fun show, you know. But I will say, being a fan of comic books and being a fan of the lore, there's a little bit of lazy writing that I don't Ooh. like. Yeah. The, the origin story, and again, I don't want to spoil anything. But the origin story of of the She-Hulk is that she is Bruce Banner's uh, cousin, the you know the Hulk's cousin, Bruce Bruce Banner, played by Mark Ruffalo. Um, she gets into a car accident and she needs a blood transfusion, and the closest one that matches is her cousin, Bruce. He is reluctant to give her his blood because he knows his blood is tainted, but if he doesn't, she will die. So he makes that difficult decision of like doing a blood transfusion. And the impact is different because it's not based on rage. She turns into this six foot something bodybuilding female, um, you know, with green skin, but maintains her her normal uh, psyche. Unlike, you know, unlike the Hulk, who has to battle this other, you know, other being with him. So in the comic book, uh, you know, she is an attorney. She ends up becoming a model. You know, she fights crime. She breaks a fourth wall in all her comic books. You know, really long story. I got to tell you, I was a little disappointed at the lazy writing of the of the origin, re- rewriting of the origin here, and a couple of things I just did not address. I will say that. Ooh. They're probably just trying to get into it so they can go on with yes. what they really wanted. And to. that's exactly what they did, right? Again, a lot of fun. I'm going to watch the next 
the next episode. I'm going to watch the whole series. I will. It's a lot of fun. But I, I just had a problem with that. I was a little lazy. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. Yeah. The other show I've been watching is uh, Sandman on Netflix. I never read the comic, um, but I'm really enjoying this uh, this uh, series. I think it, it looks great. Very well written. Uh, decent acting. Some people online have been saying they're hamming it up and like too much and all this. No, no. It's a it's a it's a fun one. It's a good one. Uh, Patton Oswalt, you know, does some comic relief. It's 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 well done. It's well done. Those are the, the I think those are the two things that I've been concentrating on this week, as well as finally on the last season of the Clone Wars. Finally, took me forever, but I finally got to the last season of the Clone Wars. Good stuff. And then other than that, I think I've been like podcast wise, I haven't found anything new. Um, you know, I, I recommend people listen to significant other, a podcast about the females, uh, the female partners to a lot of historical figures like uh, Abraham Lincoln, um, you know, and the relationships sometimes in this latest episode, it was a relationship between uh, James Baldwin and Maya Angelou, a uh, really good podcast, a lot of fun. Hmm. How about you, Gabe? What's your new stuff in your, in your uh, radar? So I, I got to see Lightyear. Oh, what'd you think? I watched of the flight. I loved it. I thought it was great. It was, right? I enjoyed it. I found that a thoroughly enjoyable movie. And I thought, you know, I didn't think it had any, like, massive, like, obvious plot hole. Not that I was looking for that because I was enjoying it. Um, I thought it had a coherent, you know, uh, story to tell and uh, a, a little, little interesting twists in there. And just fun. It was fun to see the character become who the toy would be based on. I think you said that it was fun. So you were, um, and you were in a plane when you watched it. Yep. Were you at all devastated by the scene made you want to leave your seat and, uh, you know, kick the emergency door open. Oh, just, just, just pop. I was in the, I was in the exit row as well. I could have done that. No, I, I felt no need to. When you compare that scene to the, to having to explain death to somebody, which one would you take? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Lightyear every time. Okay, just, just double checking. The other one I saw, and this is not new at this point, but I hadn't yet to see it, was Alita: Battle Angel. I am not gonna lie, man. I saw the preview for that, and then as as the trailers kept coming out, I was like, yeah, no, no, I am not watching this movie. And I'm a, look, I'm a fan of because that's a Spielberg movie, right? Yeah, and also Robert Rodriguez. And Robert Rodriguez. Christopher Waltz, like a lot of yeah. a lot of things about that movie made me think this might be good. Now, in the trailer, the first couple of trailers, it was like almost AI discovery, a uh, coming of age. In the later trailers, it was Mortal Kombat, you know, Hunger Games with the whole robot fighting. And I was like, what? And and yeah, I never I never watched it. But tell me about it. I liked it. I thought it was... I, I'm not going to say... It wasn't revolutionary or anything. Mm -hmm. And the CGI, it holds up fairly well. Like, it's that weird, like, integration of, like, it's CGI with real actors. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was just an interesting take because it, it reminded me of some other sci-fi, but it had its own kind of thing going on. It reminded me a little bit of... Um, oh, crap. What's that one that I like? Uh, I got to look up the name now. I can't think of it. Polar Express? 
No, 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 no. Like that that one they did the season. The second season's got Anthony Mackie. Oh, uh, um, carbon. Yep. Altered carbon. All altered carbon. Yes, yes. It had a little altered carbon in it. It felt like with some of the stuff. Um, uh, it it had a little. It definitely had that subplot with the romance and a little, you know, whatever. And I think the. I don't. I'm trying to remember the trailers, and I don't remember the robot fighting. Might have been like a, just a little oversold. It's more sport. There's like a sport throughout it. That yeah, they they fight, but mostly it's a it's like a some kind of like combination of rollerblading and like something. Anyway, it had that, but like uh, performance, Kristoff uh, did great. I saw him and I was like, hey, it's like you know, it's a, it's like a. I didn't realize he was in it. Like I didn't even remember that he oh, was in the, yeah, in the he, movie. He's uh he's Pinocchio's uh, creator. Yep, and uh, kind of and. Uh, <laughs> It, it was. I thought it was like. I thought it was a, an interesting enough sci-fi world with enough depth to like allow me to enough perceived depth to allow me to just kind of say like, yeah, I can hand wave like whatever's going on here. I don't have to sit there and say like, well, that doesn't make sense. Okay, so then, and so, it was fun. So she doesn't go into like a a Thunderdome like fighting. It, it's a it's like a murder bar like a you know like it's a, like a murder bar. It's like a sport thing. Oh yeah, the trailers made it seem like. She, she. I thought it was going to be robot fighting based on how initially they were talking about it, but then you see it; and it's like a sport, oh. and you know, like yeah, they're allowed to like you know, like instead of like having a check to the head and be like, "Ooh, is that legal?" Like they like shred the other dude and go, mm, "Is that a legal move?" But um, but they're not dying because they're like cyborg. Like they're yeah, you know, no, I'm telling you, bits are good. The original trailers for that film was about the coming of age and like AI you know, becoming uh, aware. And then the later trailers turned it into like, she gets thrown into a arena of like, you know, of, of, of mortal combat. And I was like, what is this movie? And, and that's honestly why I never watched it. Cause I was like, I, I didn't know what it was going to be about, but I, I liked oh, it. Nice. Honestly. Okay. I thought it was stylish. I thought it had some really fun concepts that, you know, it, it doesn't take, it doesn't, there's not a lot of depth to it. I don't think and it absolutely has the whole teen romance thing. And like, you know, love, love stuff but it didn't have the ending i expected hmm. and it also didn't um it didn't necessarily like there were certain things that you feel like yeah, here's what's gonna happen yeah okay it happened but I, it was it was fun and the combat was fun because it was you know it had that altered carbon kind of combat where you're like you can upgrade stuff and be like all right it's like this oh, now you've got some new moves because you've got a new sleeve kind of interesting yeah it was fun i I would recommend i think you should watch it i'd be curious to know what you think after having actually watched it damn it i'm gonna have to watch it then but see here's the difference between you and i gabe i will watch it and then on the next episode we will actually talk about it yeah (laughs) that's why the show's about my experiences that were missing because i don't miss experiences gabe that's right that's right. funny. Uh, you know, I do have time this week, actually. Uh, I do have time this week, so I might have to actually watch it. Cause I really, I'm super curious to know what you think. I really thought it went into robot fighting and, like, you know, duels and, and like, that type of stuff. I, that's that's what the trailers made it look like. Some of the stuff devolves to that, but that wasn't – and, again, it, initially in the in the movie when you're first seeing on the screen and you only get a glimpse of what's happening – and Kristoff is telling her that he doesn't want her involved in that. You know, there's nothing you need to worry about. It sounds like it's going to be just gladiatorial. And it's, you know, it's, it's a little less gladiatorial, a little more. There's a sport. There's a nominal sport happening. 
right. All right. You know what? That's my homework. I will watch it this week, Gabe, and I will report All back right. next week when we talk. Excellent. All right. And with that, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week. Remember, you can find us at Pop Culture Hangfire on your Instagram. And I'm glad we say this at the very end and not at the beginning, where people, where a new, a yeah. new, a new listener might catch that at the beginning. But no, see, we want true listeners who will listen. They gotta hang with us. They gotta. They, this is we're in it for the long run, everybody. All right. Gabe and I are talking about season two. Okay. You know what we're gonna talk, be talking about at the end of season two? Probably season three. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. God damn it. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs> this is why we're never going to be famous again. <laughs> <laughs>